Welcome to Strip It Back, the podcast which helps to simplify life and live in the moment with Joanne Panetta and Renee Talia. Hello and welcome back to our next episode of Strip It Back. I am so thrilled to bring another guest onto the show with you, Joanne. How are you firstly? Feeling really good. I'm I'm claiming today to be one of those um, going within inside lazy days. So I'm embracing the, uh, I guess, the gentle side of uh, life today and embracing bed and tea and like really warm socks. So I'm feeling good and calm. (laughs) Amazing. Now we have a beautiful soul that we met some time ago now joining us Mm -hmm. and I'm just going to throw it right to you. Philippa Joy. Hello. How are you? (laughs) I'm very well. Such an honour to be sharing the day with you ladies. Oh, we're just so excited that you've uh, decided to come on to Strip It Back and share not only your wealth of knowledge, but just you and your soul and everything that you can, I guess, support people through and, and vice versa. So um, we're we're thrilled and just stoked that you're happy to come on and share a little bit with us and um, also just catch up, which is really nice. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, I, I take us back down memory lane actually, and I'm I'm trying to remember the exact first time that we met you, and I believe it was at the wellness market back in like January 2019, maybe. Yeah, or maybe even a wee bit before that, but around that time. So we were all running our own little market stalls at this wellness market here in our local hood. And um, just got chatting throughout the day and then, you know, fast forward a few months, I have the privilege and the pleasure of receiving you in my clinic to uh, talk more about your, your needs and here we are flourishing uh, past that time and I've had the delight to go and be with Renee and Joseph in one of their fabulous workshops as well. So, yeah, it just keeps building a relationship which is beautiful. Quite the community, hey? Yeah. Learning from each other. And isn't that just what that market was about? And what I love most about being there was connections that you get to make and people that you get to bring into your life. So, Absolutely. And so, Philippa, what I loved was that when I did come across your stand and I saw the words Ayurveda and there's going to be some people already going, what is she talking about? And so I'm so glad to have you here to, you know, unpack this a little. This was for me, I know when I come across it was like a light bulb moment in my life and it was something like, why doesn't everyone know about this? So I guess I'd really like to know how you became a practitioner in it and what was your journey and your story to finding Ayurveda? Yeah, it's a really difficult question to um, answer in terms of like a moment in my life where I just said, yes, this is what I want to do. But kind of looking back over my journey, I think about when I was um, living in London, I was like early 20s, doing lots of yoga, living in a relatively Indian um, area of of um, 
London. And so just going into Indian grocery stores and buying my food and being around a community. So this word Ayurveda kind of kept popping up in places. And my best friend when I was growing up was also Indian-Australian, so I spent a lot of time at her place and there was always these magical smells of spices and a big tin of ghee on the, on the counter and I got to share a lot of family meals with them. So I've always had a real affinity with Indian culture and Indian food. And so I was just lucky, I guess, that some of my yoga teachers sort of spoke about Ayurveda and, and led me down that path a little bit. Um, and sort of fast forward quite a few years later, I was back in Australia. I was having some health concerns. Uh, I had a cancer scare. And so I was really diving deep into my yoga practice then. And one of the teachers that I was seeing was um, a yoga Qigong teacher, but also spoke a lot about not just the, the Taoist um, strain of spirituality, but spoke a lot about um, these elements of Vata Pitta Kapha and this idea of Ayurveda being this aligning with nature. And so she really got me on the trajectory of discovering more of it for myself. So coming out of surgery, and I didn't have cancer, but I did have to have a tumour removed from uh, my neck, which was very painful and, a, and quite a big journey in itself. I kind of had these little tools with Ayurveda and meditation and yoga to, to get me through and out the other side. So very grateful that... I found it at that time of my life. Wow, amazing. And um, what I liked hearing there was like kind of more than one thing. You had the meditation, you had the yoga, you had the Ayurveda, and it was like, I guess, a collection of strategies and things that you had in place to support you through what would be a really challenging time. Oh, absolutely. Both physically challenging, emotionally challenging. You know, um, I'd been living in London for quite some time. So having to sort of extract my life really quickly back to Australia to really get to the bottom of what was going on with my health was also a big thing. I was like pulling a band-aid off, you know, and all of a sudden not having this really um, deep group of friends to kind of support me through it um I had to just quickly say goodbye to them all and you know sorry guys I might have cancer I've got to go home and sort that out you know so it was a really big big time in my life but I think a lot of people that you speak to who have a cancer scare or go through and actually have a positive test with cancer or a major illness you know, you fast forward a few years and you ask those people, like, are you thankful that you had that experience? And most people say, yes, I am. I'm really grateful. But when you're in it, you're thinking, why me? I don't want to be doing this. I don't want to be having this thing. But, yeah, it's such an opportunity to um, really learn about yourself and really grow from it and, and take the positives from it rather than focusing on the negatives. Amazing. I'm nodding along as I listen to you and like, touch, like, you know, it's just, yeah, I think that's what drew me straight into your energy, um, how aligned, I guess, in many ways our stories are. And, and I remember coming to meet you and, and you supporting me through my journey with Hashimoto's. Um, for people who are like a beginner, no idea, like, you know, the good old idiot's guide to books, where would you recommend, I guess, for someone who's kind of listening going, well, this sounds really interesting and I like yoga and I meditate, but where do I start? Is that, you know, what do you recommend to people who are just like, oh, this, this is really something that's resonating with me? Where do you begin? I think in terms of a text, one of my favourite 
101 Ayurved books is by a doctor called Dr. Vasant Laj, and he's written a hell of a lot of books over the years. And he really was one of the founding fathers, I guess, bringing Ayurved from India into the West. Deepak Chopra is another one of those, those doctors. Um, but he wrote a wonderful book called The Science of Self-Healing. So it's a really, uh, it's not a very big book, but it's a very simple um, unpacking of the foundational principles of Ayurveda and what it all means and, and how to apply it to your own life. Mm, absolutely brilliant. I know you, Renee, you're, um, you're, you've really started to delve into, not started to, it was already something in your world. Can you connect to a lot of the things that Philip is saying as well? Absolutely. Um, and just so people know that the connection, there is a, a really strong connection between yoga and Ayurveda. And that's how I initially come across it, it being the sister science um, to yoga or vice versa. Uh, and it's a lifestyle uh, and it's not one or the other. It's just something that you get to bring in. And when you have this greater understanding, you can really... Uh, bring it into your life effortlessly, but it does start with small steps like everything. So beautiful text that we will link to also in the show notes just to let everyone know that. Mm. So, Philippa, what were you doing in London? Because I know that you have, an, well, like we all do, we have different different paths, but what was your, what brought you to London? Um, ever since I was a young girl, travel was such a fascination for me. So I just wanted to see the world. Um, so I had done a Bachelor of Hotel Management and Business at university and just was ready to go. So um, got on the way and uh, part of that degree was learning cooking and um, in like my casual work around studying, I was working in kitchens and cafes. So I basically just set off and ended up really cooking my way around the world and uh, travelling for quite some time. And I did come back to Australia a few times but ultimately, from kind of, I don't know, 20 to 32. I was probably in Australia for all of about three years. Uh, the rest was travelling and cooking overseas, very privileged, um, you know, hard work, but a very privileged way to see the world through, through mm. the eyes of people's kitchens. Very Beautiful. connected souls, amazing. I love it. And cooking is obviously a big part of um, what you do in your life, and and I guess blending those, um, I guess those passions also with your health. Can you unpack that for us a little bit, and and what yeah. you discovered? It's quite an interesting correlation because really when I was at the stage where I knew that I really wanted to study Ayurveda to become a practitioner, I was really burnt out from kind of hospitality and cooking and I didn't want to be in a kitchen from 8am till, you know, 11pm anymore and I didn't want to be doing these really intense hours and, you know, burns all the way up my hands and all the things I was, I was really done. So when I started then studying Ayurveda and I realised how deeply linked food was, was mm. I thought oh oh okay so I'm still going to be all about the kitchen that's cool <laughs> but I can like tone it down a little and use it to my advantage and I could see even in college when we were all learning about the nutrition side and really getting into the practical cooking of things it just came so easily to me like a duck to water whereas other people were really like well, what's this spice I don't understand what you're talking about so I knew there and then that that kind of nutrition and, and using food as medicine was going to be the strength for me 
as a practitioner. So it's been a really lovely, accidental, if anything, marrying of my kind of former life and my current life. Uh, that is so amazing. Uh, just another connection. Both of our parents owned restaurants growing up. So yep. Joanne and I both started oh, in hospitality. Amazing. <laughs> the other side of the fence, but we do both love cooking. Yes. Uh, but how funny that the hospitality world, really the hours are not so Ayurvedic friendly all the time. So it's beautiful that you've now been able to, you know, blend together that. So if there's someone looking at, you know, how do I delve into food as medicine? Where would you get them to begin delving into that? Well, I think it's really such a personal journey. Like what foods are good for me wouldn't necessarily be good for you, Renee. So the first step is always just listening to the self. So you might be somebody who's a meat eater and you might feel really good eating meat. Um, so that doesn't mean that you can't carry on doing that mindfully. Um, whereas somebody else might have meat and just feel really heavy and unwell and not digesting and, you know, not eliminating for a few days post a meal like that. So by listening to those messages that you're getting from your body, you start to understand what foods are really uh, suited to you personally. So, you know, going down this idea of, oh, I only eat paleo, I only eat keto, I only eat raw, I only eat vegetarian, um, can be quite risky and quite dangerous because you're not really listening to what's right for you. You're sort of following this fad. And as you were saying before, Renee, Ayurveda is um, a, a lifestyle. It's what we call a living science. So it's really um, taking notice of each day, each hour, each season, each time in your life and kind of moving with that so that you know what's the best thing for you at that time. Amazing. For someone who, um, so now I'm mind, my mind is pitta constitution, so I'm very go, go, go. Yeah. It's refreshing and I think my favourite thing about coming and having a consultation with you, Philippa, was that you told me, Joanne, it's not about following rules with eating. It's about listening to your body. And just, I guess, even for me, checking back in with that reminder of it's okay to eat what your body needs um, and not follow a fad or a thing, so to speak. Um, I think that's really cool to, I guess, ease the, I guess, the expectations that we sometimes put on ourselves of, oh, you know, this is how I eat and I eat this way because, like, drop into what your body needs. I think that's a, a really refreshing um, way of living. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that there isn't guiding principles with Ayurvedic nutrition, but it is really down to what's the weather like today? How do I feel this morning? What did I eat yesterday that's not really sitting well with me today? What do I need mm -hmm. to do to feel lighter or more grounded or warmer or cooler and taking yeah. note of those things? So it does really change every day. You can't just eat the same thing Monday to Sunday 365 days a year that's just not how our bodies are, are expected to function that's not how we move through the year mm, I love it and, and shifting the conversation now so I talked about like food and everything I'd like to delve a little bit more into I guess the emotional 
that uh, I guess that non-physical side. Um, it certainly seems you've done some very interesting and fascinating things in your life, Philippa, and a lot of changes have certainly occurred. Um, other than you shifting, I guess, for um, in, in regards to where you've lived, what are some of the big changes that you've had to go through and, and how that has had an impact, I guess, on you as a human and, and how that integrates into your life now? Yeah, well, this is where you and I, Joanne, really sync up with um, a marriage that was really beautiful when it was beautiful and really hard when it was hard. And Yeah, and I've come out the other side of that. And strangely, not strangely, synchronicity, I guess, I was right at the end of my first um, period of study with Ayurveda with a doctor who um, teaches here in Australasia. And so I had this wonderful opportunity as literally the world was crumbling down around me to just hold on to these pillars of Ayurveda because I was deep in the last part of my uh, degree. So without that, I think I would have really come out the other side a really broken and not glued back together human being but having these wonderful tools of Ayurveda at a time that was so difficult for me um, really got me through and sort of speaking to other people who've gone through really hardcore divorces it's it took them years and 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 years to rebuild and feel okay in their body and in their minds and in their heart and I was very fortunate because I had these other tools to kind of, you know, I still have residue stuff. We always will. It's our experience. But, you know, I felt like I bounced back a lot better mm. with with things like meditation and yoga and, and um, Ayurvedic regimes just to keep me, keep me on track and keep me from going, for want of a better word, crazy. Yeah, and, and may I just sit here and, and plug, plug, plug. My session with you was just... I guess, another layer on top of that healing process. And much like yourself, I can sit here and say without those rituals, without the support and network of my soul sister's tribe, calling in practitioners such as yourself, chatting with my psychologist, still working with my endocrinologist, um, all of that sort of stuff, it's just kind of, as you said, encouraged me to re rebuild and reform in, in a much shorter time space. Not that we have expectations on how long we should be sad or angry Absolutely. or broken, but I really connect to that because, you know, there's certainly some stuff still there as always. I, I see it like a pool. The filter still has to bring some of that shit to the surface, right? Mm -hmm. But when you've got ritual and when you've got, I guess, your Ayurvedic um, principles as well as your things that spark joy as well as looking after your physical health and fitness, or social well-being it's kind of all a big recipe for um feeling a lot better and let me tell you abayanga which is the beautiful i'll let you explain it with more detail because you're the pro but that act of self-care as well as knowing mm. it's really great for my body was and ha it still is you know when i get when i drop into that inner dialogue of that mean girl that doesn't love herself very much that practice which i'll get you to talk about has really helped so thank you for mm. that Oh, that's so beautiful to hear. It's so profound. So Abhyanga means massage. And as a practitioner, we can give massage to our patients or our clients. But we also very much encourage self-Abhyanga. 
And the Sanskrit word uh, relating to the process of Abhyanga is sneha or snehana. And when we translate Sanskrit, it has this really beautiful opportunity. Um, it's so poetic and romantic, actually, but it has this really wonderful um, descriptor in it that it doesn't just mean one thing, it means many things when we translate. So sneha means oil, which is what we would use to do the abhyanga, but it also means love. So it has this incredible opportunity to be coating ourselves with love by applying this oil to our body. So if you were doing a self-abhyanga, you warm the oil and you coat it all over your body and then maybe get into a bath or a shower after it's absorbed into the skin a little. But you are literally coating your body with love. So taking time to check in with, you know, how do your feet feel? How do your knees feel? How do your calves feel? You know, loving your butt as you're rubbing the oil over your butt, you know, giving your belly a really beautiful clockwise rub so you're coating your uh, your womb space if you're a woman, you're um, inspiring your digestion to work in the right way. You know, it's this really wonderful opportunity to check in with self and see how you're feeling, incredibly grounding. So it's bringing all of that kind of light, anxious, dry, emotional self that we often feel when times are tough and really bringing it down and, you know, making it unctuous and and lubricating the body um, and just, yeah, just really like you said, Renee, uh, Joanne, just really bringing that kind of, you know, juiciness and and feeling good about yourself again and stopping with the mean girl conversation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, We've had to boy. catch her a few times. And Renee helps me catch my mean girl all the time, don't you, Del? <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the thing. It's part of being the tribe. We do it for each other. And I love that out of listening to you both then, like there's not just one thing. This is like a toolbox of things. And this is what I love even about the principles of Ayurveda, that it is a toolbox and really listening in to what you need. I know that I'm going to go and put an Abiyanga on my schedule to Today, just stuff just listen to I've really <laughs> amped up the numbers of Abiyangas in the week recently with everything that's going on. Oh mm. so divine. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And it is a toolbox, and that's what's so great about it. You know, Ayurveda really is not for one size fits all approach. It is who are you, where are you, how are you, you know, and what do you need? And it, it, that's what's so beautiful about the science. Mm, so good. So I want to shift back, if you don't mind, to what you were talking about before, Joanne, in supporting, you know, female health. I know that this is one that comes up a lot with people that come through my door and and yourself, that how can... Uh, this practice really support our hormones, so to speak. And I know, again, this is a broad topic, but mm-hmm. what could be some things that could really help support? For me, I, I went to well, see, I, sorry, for me, I'm just saying for, for you, Philippa, I went to see Philippa for Hashimoto's, but I'm sure that there's plenty more. So I'm sure Philippa has um, so much information that she can share about that. And um, yeah, I can see it as being a really helpful tool. So please, yeah. please, we're ready and listening. Yeah. <laughs> Good. 
Yeah. Oh, such a big question. But like you were saying at the beginning, Renee, there's this real beautiful simplicity to what Ayurveda really is. And we can get so bogged down in the language of Sanskrit and feel overwhelmed about the concepts that Ayurveda sometimes talks about. But ultimately, um, our endocrine system works on a clock, uh, a circadian rhythm. We all understand that the sun comes up at a certain time of the day and it falls at a certain time of the day and the temperature within that, you know, is, is rolling as well. So our body is no different. There is different endocrinal systematic releases processes that happen throughout the day so to like make it super simple Mm -hmm. if we live within the rhythm of the circadian rhythms of the nature the the universe that is around us our bodies naturally fall back into its natural circadian rhythm and so if you do have hormonal issues um, which very much tie into our nervous system and, and mental health issues. Um, the most secret, you know, um, conversation to have with yourself is: Am I aligning with my true nature? And if you if you are unsure what your true nature is, then listen to what's happening around you in in the universe and align with that. So it really is actually very simple. You just need to get into the rhythm of the birds and the bees and the trees. Mm, I love that. Yeah, we're so so, um, quick to decide when we feel like eating and when we feel like sleeping and when we feel like exercising. But actually there is a perfect time and a perfect rhythm to when we should be doing all of those things. And, you know, in the modern day with lighting, electricity, all the things, we've we've fallen out of that rhythm. Mm. Mm. I know that Renee and I living in Singapore, we often reflect on that and um, how busy our lives were over there and how different it is now that we're back in Australia and and especially my time in Europe, that feeling of grounding and and simplicity and I guess taking away all of the noise, the mental noise, the the physical noise, the, you know, to kind of tune in. Again, it always goes back to your body, right? Listening to your body, understanding the systems and, yeah, it's it's great. And, And thank you for answering that in such a non I guess confusing medical slash Sanskrit kind of way because it can get overwhelming sometimes Mm -hmm. all this information coming at you it's like oh where do I begin and it just seems so simple and grounding so thank you it was a really great really great answer yeah oh good well we use these ideas of gunas or qualities in the universe so there's hot and cold and there's dry and wet and there's light and heavy so if we just take it to those very basic ideas if you're feeling light do something that's going to make you feel a little heavier if you're feeling dry do something that's going to bring some moisture you know if you're feeling cold do something that's going to warm you up it actually really is that simple beautiful absolutely beautiful if we strip it back what would be a day that you might start with how might you start your day Philippa Mm. Uh, very good question. So there is um, some foundational uh, regimes that are particularly Ayurvedic in style. And so uh, depending on what kind of how I'm feeling in the morning, I'll get up and do some meditation or pranayama or yoga. Uh, but before I do anything, I'll go to the bathroom and um, brush my teeth and scrape my tongue. So that's uh, 
recommended within three minutes of waking. So get up, brush my teeth, scrape my tongue, uh, and then go to the kettle and turn on the kettle and I'll have some warm water, about 80-degree warm water with some lemon and ginger and honey. So that gets the, the, the elimination process going and flushing any metabolic waste from, from the night before and helping with elimination. So ideally then you would go to the bathroom uh, and so then I would go and do some yoga and meditation and then have a delicious breakfast. That's probably how my morning kind of rolls. Some mornings I'll go for a walk before I have breakfast a couple of times a week. Um, I'm very fortunate I've got a nice little garden so if it's a lovely morning I'll try and get out for sort of 15 minutes to get some of that vitamin D as well. Mm, so beautiful and I love that you again you just came back to depending on how I'm feeling I'm going to take the walk I'm going to do the yoga practice it's fluid within still having a nice beautiful morning ritual. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it really is, you know, how do you feel today? And I think for listeners who live in a place like Victoria, they understand that, um, you know, every day is different even if you're in the middle of summer. It still could be 18 degrees one day and 42 the next. So you're not going to do the same things on those two days. So it is really important to think about how you're feeling within yourself and what's going on in your environment around you and align with that in every moment. Mm. And has that routine, I guess, amped up or changed in any way, given our current circumstances that we are living in a very interesting time with, um, you know, the way the world is and how we're living our lives? Has anything changed or increased or how have you, I guess, adapted to the current circumstances? Well, I'm very fortunate that I have a clinic, so I have uh, my hands on a dispensary. So I've definitely been taking more herbs in the morning. So I (laughs) have a herbal jam called Chawan Prash, which is really good for um, immunity and and building ojas, which is our strength and vitality to fight fight through life. Um, So I'm taking that in the morning. Uh, It's interesting that this pandemic has come at a time that we're changing into another season as well. So Mm -hmm. I've already brought in kind of my extra, extra things that I would have done um, coming into autumn, so more warm baths, more self-abiyanga, um, more warm foods. But, uh, yeah, definitely meditation has uh, increased in minutes per day, definitely more uh, self-abiyanga. And what I've really noticed um, is I feel like I really need to maintain my strength and stability and calmness in this time because I have people who rely on me as a practitioner to offer them advice and security and compassion. So I really feel like I I really need to be walking my talk right now because I need to be the healthiest, strongest, most practical self so that I can help people in, in my community who are looking for assistance at this time too. Mm. Oh, amen, yeah, well. sister. I just Always of service. All, all looking at, well, we've all got roles of service, so it's mm. really, really important that you're filling your own bucket too um, mm. to better serve others. Yeah, because I've certainly had uh, clients and friends who, you know, may not have had anxiety issues for five, ten years and it's all kind of bubbling up again to the surface and, you know, they have reached out, which has been wonderful, but I've had to really make sure that, I'm in a really good space so that I can support them as well. Can't give from an empty cup. 
Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for people who have families who are listening and obviously quite close-knit families at the moment because everyone's all under the same roof, not really going anywhere, that's so important for parents to take note of, you know. Kids are busy and demanding and requesting of so much of your time, but if you're not still looking after yourself, you're just going to feel frazzled and have less compassion for their needs so it does really start with what do you need first so that you can you know help others around you put your own mask on first right in the end yes very much I'm going back to work as of tomorrow we'll back to work here in my home office at my parents house and I'll certainly be having a lot of those conversations I'm the head of, of well-being role um, at the school that I work at and most of my conversations are with the parents and I think that those are the things that we need to remind everybody of that self-care and um, that patience because it is a really interesting time um, but also for me certainly a time that I've been able to dive into um, some more learning and, and going back to principles such as the ones that you've provided me with when I had my consultation with you and other other methods and it's just been a, an interesting time for growth and reflection that's for sure. Mm-hmm. And that's that's really what it comes down to. It's it's like reflection and taking notice of yourself. You know, we're so busy all the time. We just sort of rush past our own self so much. I know that sounds mm-hmm. crazy because you're hanging out with yourself all of the time, <laughs> but you can be distracted by all of the things, you know, rushing to work, the commute, the quickly running out to get takeaway food and get back to your desk and whatever is your day, you know, has been so hectic that you sort of forget about you know, the checking in with self and hanging out with self. So I do hope that lots of people who are forced to slow down at the moment Mm. are making a little more time to really nourish themselves and really listen to what their bodies are telling them, whether it's a pain signal, a hunger signal, an emotional prompt, you know, really listening and being mindful of what you need. Mm, Absolutely. I have absolutely loved this, Philippa. Oh, I don't know about you, Joanne. <laughs> oh, I'm beaming. It's so I know good. you are. I can so see good. you going over there. Oh, ladies, thank you. Yeah. No, it's just been wonderful. Thank you. Before we, you know, roll this and round this up, Philippa, is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners? Mm, I guess you know, and this is not so much for people on playback in in months to come, or maybe it is, but particularly now while we are all at home more um, dealing with change, dealing with stress, um, I just really want to, um, what's the word I'm looking for, really impress on people how important it is to be looking after yourself right now in whatever format that is, you know, Like don't sit on the couch 24 hours a day watching Netflix and eating terrible takeaway. This is not going to help you get through this. Um, By all means, have some chill out days where you want to do that. But really this is the time, if there ever was one, to look after yourself and look after the family around you and your friends around you. You know, eat some fruit and vegetables. Don't just live on toast. You know, get out in nature and have a walk and clear your mind create a routine if you're not getting up and going to work get up and get up you know and get some activities happening in the day like don't let this take you down um this is an opportunity for growth and positive growth don't let it take you down take a big deep breath 
dust yourself off and, you know, get on with the day the best you can, create positive, grateful moments in the day. Um, I think that's super important for everybody right now and that will look different for everyone. I love that you've just come back to the gratitude of what you can find in each moment, each day. There is Mm -hmm. definitely something to find in gratitude for. So in true strip it back style, uh, let's talk about what's one of our little uh, small wins for today, something to be quite grateful for. Uh, One of the small wins for today was that I got to go out this morning and plant a few things in my garden, which is beautiful. A friend brought over a few uh, cuttings yesterday, so we got them in this morning. So that's a lovely thing to be grateful for. Um, And actually, in terms of gratitude, my partner had suggested a few weeks ago that we make a choice to like deliberately say what we're, three things that we're grateful for at the end of each day. So that's been a really fun, um, sometimes very hard activity, but just a nice way to make sure that we're staying on the cup half full side of the fence rather than cup half empty side of the fence. Oh, I love that. Joseph and I do that too. It's yeah, also, I just, that's why I was giggling. I'm like, Renee and Joe do that before they go to bed. It's so cute. We do. He'll be so impressed that you went and ran put some things out in the garden today. Oh, well. yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to have you guys over and check it out. <laughs> so, so good. Yeah, very yeah. great Joe and all of his advice. It's been wonderful. Oh, he's he a wealth, he's a wealth of knowledge, isn't he? Oh, my gosh. Amazing. Yeah. We need to knowledge. get him on this podcast too. We're still working on him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And Joanne, what about you? What's your little win? Um, well, I am, um, as I said, going back to work tomorrow. So I'm seeing this is my official last day of school holidays. And as you'll know, Renee, I'm quite a busy human when it comes to holidays. I travel quite a bit. And obviously, this is one of my very first school holidays that I have spent at home. And when I say home, like literally back with my family, which has been really nice. And my small win today is that I watch this fabulous Italian series on Netflix. And I'm trying to obviously improve the quality of my Italian. It's pretty good. But um, I have watched an episode without English subtitles today. And I actually understood most of the episode so most most like (laughs) they speak very fast but I was like trash tv helping me learn to be able to communicate with my tyranny's family even more how good is that so and just for myself love it yes that's a high five without subtitles (laughs) that is fantastic there was a lot of pausing and going back and going, what did they say? I feel like they said 17 words, but it only like, oh, I'd like, whoa. Yeah. So yeah. that was my small win. So that was Beautiful. really good. And you, Renee, what about your small win for today? Oh, my small win was this morning, well, I, what I thought I was getting up to be part of a, a business call, we had to postpone and then I was already up and I'm like, bonus, I'm putting in an extra little yoga today. So I did that little extra yoga already before nice. my afternoon practice. So that was my little win for today. Oh, so much to be grateful Fantastic. for, hey? Yeah. yeah. And it actually it looks pretty sunny yeah. out there. Yeah. So once Absolutely. we hang up, I'm, I'm going to uh, head out for that walk. I'm sure that'll, like, top the uh, gratitude list, that's for sure. That's for sure. Okay. Yeah. Well, ladies, Absolutely. it was beautiful. Thank you for being here. Philippa, before we do leave, where can people find you? 
Oh, yes, lovely. Please. So I have a website, Ayurveda Joy, A-Y-U-R-V-E-D-A, joy.com. Uh, and so there's lots of good information over there. Obviously, I can't do contact therapeutic treatments at the moment, but I'm offering online consultations uh, for lifestyle and nutrition plans. Uh, and I've also just started a little side business um, for the North Siders in Melbourne, just getting some food out to people so that they can feel nourished in their homes. Um, oh, yeah. So there's a link on my website for that called Home Cooked. So go check that out. So, so good. Oh, beautiful. I'm going to link it as well. I'll put it on our Instagram page and we'll also link it in the show notes so that everybody can um, get in touch if they have any questions or want to explore your services even more. And I can highly recommend it, especially for women who um, are looking for, I guess, an additional layer of support around um, endocrine health. And um, it certainly made it all a bit more clearer for me and resonates deeply. So um, highly, highly recommend and just her energy. Amazing. Love it. Oh, ladies, you're good to me. Thank you so much. This has been such a pleasure. Beautiful ladies. Appreciate it. And thank you again to our loyal listeners and we look forward to tuning in and chatting with you all soon. Let us know what you thought of this episode. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to Strip It Back. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, we'd really appreciate it if you could kindly leave us a review. 